This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Folks, we're back here at SmartCity.press. And you are listening to episode 151, part four. Part four. It says, uh, installation of energy-efficient lighting and alternative energy sources allows cities to cut costs and carbon emission, making the clean, green future even more achievable. See, so talking about the carbon emissions. All right, I told you, that's going to be built into this. They are going to measure all of it, and they are going to penalize you for it. It says, uh, Copenhagen, the capital of Denmark, is taking this particular approach and has plans of being carbon neutral within the next few years. Efforts like this, along with responsible use of natural resources, are paving the way to a brighter world. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, has made clear that for him, it is no longer a question of developing smart cities, but a question of how Florida can become the first, quote, smart state, end quote. On the same lines, Joe York, he was in that last article. Now, folks, that last article was from the end of 2018 when DeSantis was governor-elect. This is one year later at the end of 2019. All right, so at this point, DeSantis is already governor. It says on the same lines, Joe York, president of AT&T Florida, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, who worked with DeSantis for his election campaign, said Florida has the chance to lead the nation in data infrastructure at a moment when 5G is rolling out and Internet of Things is changing the nature of connectivity itself. In Orlando, citizens are getting behind their mayor's vision of a smarter city. Having won an award for smart city readiness, Mayor Buddy Dyer is seeking additional funding for projects, along with a call-out for a private sector consultant who can provide the necessary know-how and technological capabilities to turn his dreams into a roadmap with a foolproof strategy. Quote, our vision is to become the most environmentally friendly, socially inclusive, technology-enabled an economically vibrant city in the southeast. We strive to be one of the most sustainable and resilient cities in the United States, end quote, Mayor Dyer said. Now, there's a number of cities uh, here in Florida that are gearing up to launch as smart cities. 
It says fellow Floridians in Miami are making strong progress towards their own goal of being a smarter, cleaner place to live. The city also received the Smart City Council Readiness Award alongside Orlando and three other cities. City of Miami Chief Information Officer Kevin Burns has spent time recently focused on spreading the message about the emergency response benefits of a more connected city. Now, so you guys know, uh, once we're done with this, uh, and, and this is directly for you folks that have reached out and wanted me to do research into smart city, smart polls, et cetera. But, but once we're done with this, I'm not really going to start breaking down every single city. I think use Coral Gables uh, as a base for this. It's a city of less than 75,000 people. We covered enough to show you what's going on. Uh, and the rest is up to you. If you live in a, in a different area, different city, you know what to look for now. Um, some of you have directly asked me about where Maggie and I are looking to end up in West Virginia and if I'm actually going to run for mayor because I mentioned it on the show. That's in my future plans, folks. I want to move to an area that I can help protect uh, that doesn't turn into a smart city or a smart village. So if you guys are interested, you can always email me, me at Dustin Gold Show because sometimes I miss tweets and things. It says, uh, King tides, rising sea levels, and storm surges are a threat to many citizens living near the shore. Okay, we saw that with Coral Gables. With the help of 3D mobile mapping technology, not only can the resulting solution predict sea level rises, it has advantages in hurricane situations, allowing dynamic predictions of crisis effects. So if you know this is happening, why would you even want to live there? Um, I mean, in all honesty, well, I mean, this is how they're going to probably start marking the, the harp weather machines. You know, we're called conspiracy theorists for talking about that over the last 25 years. All of a sudden now they're going to say, well, we can vote in real time on our smart. Do we want to block the hurricane with the harp weather device? That's probably coming, folks. Quote, my ultimate goal is to automate that tool, turn it into an application that citizens or businesses can opt into. End quote, Burns said. His idea is that signage would display warnings automatically according to threat levels of emergency weather, keeping citizens safer and more informed. Unbelievable. What happened to the Weather Channel? <laughs> they give up on that? He goes on to say, another place in the United States transforming itself into a smart city and setting a high bar for Florida to follow is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Making the right partnership has been instrumental to the city's success. Through Envision ABQ, Citellum, the French lighting company, and smart city experts are reducing the citywide lighting costs and the carbon footprint of New Mexico's largest city. There you go, see? This is happening city to city. This is organic, folks. Everyone's just coming up with these ideas at the same time. Total coincidence. Goes on to say, at the end of 2017, Mayor Richard Berry completed a 15-year deal with Citellum to convert over 20,000 streetlights to LED energy-efficient lights, implement Internet of Things uh, architecture, and make use of a central management system for operation and maintenance of the city. Quote, Envision ABQ is the result of Mayor Berry's vision for the future, as well as a tremendous collaborative work effort between the cities and Satellum's teams to engineer a custom lighting master plan and implement an innovative performance-based contract. 
end quote, said Sotellum U.S. general manager. With Sotellum, the city of Albuquerque has partnered with a global operator managing many other major cities around the world, from Copenhagen, uh, Dijon, and Barcelona to Mexico City. Securing partners like this is necessary if cities are serious about their smart ambitions. And the example of Albuquerque just goes to show how the right intentions and the right private sector involvement, smart cities are very achievable. So this company, Sotellum here, let's just write that down. I saw them come up in a few different articles. Well, look, because the Albuquerque mayor is saying they're partnering with this global operator to help them manage their city. So do you want to be uh, managed by some company uh, located in France? Do you want your city managed by that company? All right, let's take a look at this. I came across this website. This is called smartnorthflorida.com. This is a nonprofit actually run by Florida's transportation um, planning organization right here. Smart North Florida started as an outgrowth of the North Florida Transportation Planning Organization, Intelligent Transportation Systems Program for Clay, Duval, Nassau, and St. John's Counties. It says here on mission, we're harnessing the power of regional collaboration, coordinated data, and smart technologies to improve North Florida's economic competitiveness, sustainability, and quality of life. Our vision, we envision a region where the idea and applications of technology return to their purest form to make the lives of all citizens better. Our values, they're inclusive collaborative, innovative, creative, transparent, purpose-driven, and sustainable. Yay! Uh, This group is led by Clayton Levins, who's the executive director. And then on the board, you have Jeff Sheffield. He's the chairman. Steve Selders, vice chairman. Christopher Smith, Ragu Mistra, Patrick Krakowski, Kara Barber, and Lynn Rutowski. Uh, and then um, this is Smart North Florida is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the quality of life in our region through collaboration, data coordination, and smart technologies. It says right here, what do we do? Smart North Florida focuses resource investment in three areas, regional collaboration, data coordination, and smart technology. These investments are strategically deployed to improve the lives of all citizens in our region. And so they're focused here on uh, investments, which are the three we just named, regional collaboration, data coordination, smart technology, and then deployment. So they have what's a a data exchange with infrastructure, uh, piloting and acceleration access and regional indicators, and then outcomes, better policy, uh, opportunity, transparency, sustainability, economic competitiveness. And so you can go through uh, this website here, folks. And these guys are working on different projects. I already see they have some data hubs that you can click on to. I'm not going to go through all of this, but I just wanted to show you. So now Florida, through a government agency at the state level, is now uh, building out what's called Smart North Florida. So they've got all these uh, projects going on. And uh, just as a reminder for you folks, you've, you've probably heard this before. Uh, and, and this is not for the purpose of 
you know, slandering Governor Ron DeSantis and telling you to vote for somebody else. I'm just showing you, in my opinion, based on the information that's available, if technocracy, if the industrialized technological system is a problem for you, if you see it as anti-freedom, you see it as anti-liberty, you see it as anti-autonomy, you see it as anti-human, as I do, uh, then you have to understand that Ron DeSantis is a part of building it, not a part of the solution, not trying to stop it, all right? He may get up there and rail against uh, vaccines. Well, he already was in charge of jabbing up a lot of people in the state of Florida. So I'm just telling you the truth. I just want to guide you towards you being the solution to the problems, not some savior, some Iron Man, some Batman that's going to come down and save you. They just don't exist, folks. Anyone at that level, anyone allowed to have power is not your friend. So right now we're at flhsmv.gov. All right, this is uh, Florida's basically DMV. And just so you know, they have the Florida Smart ID. It says here, the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles is committed to modernizing nearly every aspect of what we do and how customers access our services. As part of that sustained commitment, the state of Florida is stepping into the future and developing an intuitive mobile driver's license. You know what one was intuitive for me? The one that was uh, laminated and in my pocket. And they call this the Florida Smart ID. The Florida Smart ID app is a secure version of your driver's license. Well, the one in my pocket was secure, too. Uh, It can be downloaded on your smart device when launched. It is not simply a photo of your license. When used with an associated Florida Smart ID verifier, customers can provide a safe, trusted, and contactless proof of identity or age. After downloading and authenticating, Florida motorists will simply launch their Florida Smart ID app, select the type of verification needed, and display the QR barcode on their smart device to be scanned for verification. The smart device does not need to leave the owner's hand when being verified by a retailer or by law enforcement, making Florida Smart ID a contact-free and convenient way to display proof of identity or age. Who's been complaining about Digital IDs for the last three years under COVID land, the high school theater production. This is it, folks, in Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis. But don't worry, I'm going to waste my time promoting him on Twitter and Facebook, giving him money, saying that I want him to run. I think he'll be great. And he's not as evil as the other guy. Goes on to say, in the future, Florida residents will be able to apply for a Florida Smart ID that is easily accessible on an iOS and Android device, including smartphones, tablets, and other smart devices. Florida Smart ID is an optional tool for Floridians as a convenient digital and secure backup to your physical Florida driver license. It does not replace the physical driver license, which will still need to be carried when operating a motor vehicle. And you know how this stuff works, folks. That will be the case for a year, two years, three years, and then the physical one will go away and only the smart one will be available. That's how it always works. Uh, It says here, smart. Florida Smart ID is an application-based version of your driver license located on your smart device, scanned and verified by a companion Florida Smart ID verifier app. Secure. Protected by high-tech security features, Florida Smart ID will provide ease of mind that your personal information is secure and only those with your permission can see it. Convenient. 
When launched, Florida motorists can download and activate the optional and easy-to-use Florida Smart ID for a contact-free and convenient way to display proof of age or identity and pilot to gather important feedback from the public and partners the department facilitated florida smart id pilot events with limited participants from across the state representing the general public retailers law enforcement partners and more the pilot will allow flhsmv to improve and optimize florida smart id and associated verifier application prior to statewide launch the pilot is now closed for more participants if new pilot events are scheduled uh, FLHSMV will post the information on its website. Check back for updates. So there you go, folks. There you go. Florida has the smart ID, the digital ID. And so just another thing to add to the resume of the great governor, Ron DeSantis. Again, I'm not saying don't vote for him and vote for the other guy. I'm saying probably don't waste your time voting for politicians work on figuring out how the hell you're going to exit this technological smart system ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Dustin Gold. This is Ping.tv slash gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, enough with Florida, folks. I think we've made our point. Don't blame me. All right, I'm just the uh, I'm just the messenger here. You guys asked me to get into uh, smart poles and smart cities, and so we find Coral Gables. We start looking into Florida overall. We figure out that Ron DeSantis wants to move Florida into a smart state, and then we uh, run into the digital ID, which I knew about last year, but I figured I'd have to loop that in at this point. Uh, now we're going to wrap up. This segment here, because as we pick back up tomorrow, we're going to get into the history of smart cities overall, going all the way back to the 1960s. Uh, And then we're going to cover some of the smart city stuff coming out of the UN uh, sustainability, all that kind of stuff. And just show you where it all comes from. So this way, you've got a really little example to look at, Coral Gables, Florida. You've got the state of Florida to look at. You understand that the smart poles are going up all around the country and the rest of the world. All right, then you'll see where the global plans come from, and that'll be it. You'll just have a wide understanding of this. There's no more every time a piece of technology comes out that you guys freak out because you know exactly where it's coming from. Um, So let's wrap up this segment. And I'm over at p3smartcity.com, p3smartcity.com. And this article says, Opportunity Zone Smart Cities and Public-Private Partnerships. It says, Opportunity Zones Create New Opportunity for Smart Cities. Now, I think you folks are aware of Opportunity Zones. Uh, If you want me to go through that, I could just pull this up quickly over at PBS. News Hour, that's pbs.org. It says, um, 
This is from November 11, 2021. Trump-era opportunity zones meant to help low-income communities exploited by investors. So the opportunity zones grew out of the Trump era. Dr. Ben Carson was involved with that. Jared Kushner, Trump's transhumanist son-in-law, was involved with this. There was a lot of corruption going on. Uh, If you want, I'll do a whole show on this. But right now, just understand, the opportunity zones grew out of the Trump administration. So I I don't want to have to go explain in detail. Just accept that as fact because it's true. Um, So back to P3 smart cities. It says opportunity zones create new opportunity for smart cities. A new tax incentive could help stakeholders build smart cities from the ground up. With the hope of spurring private investment in low-income areas, Congress is dangling one of the biggest tax incentives to ever occur in United States economic development, opportunity zones. These zones are creating an unprecedented opportunity for the public and private sectors to work together to create smart cities from the ground up, lifting um, blighted areas and perfecting scalable technologies that can be rolled out to developing American economies nationwide. Uh, What are opportunity zones? Tucked inside the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, an initially little-noticed program called the Investing in Opportunity Act aims to revitalize some of the nation's most economically distressed communities using private investments instead of taxpayer dollars. Most of the attention has focused on the benefits for housing developments and new businesses. But the program also sets the stage for investing in infrastructure and technology. In a nutshell, Opportunity Zones are census tracts generally comprised of low-income neighborhoods that qualify for the program based on criteria laid out in the TCJS. A, that's the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Governors of the United States and territories, as well as the mayor of Washington, D.C., had until April 2018 to nominate qualifying census tracts in their jurisdictions. To date, more than 8,700 qualified opportunity zones have been designated in all 50 states. 8,700, folks. Uh have been designated in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and five U.S. territories. For instance, all of Puerto Rico qualifies as an opportunity zone. Once certified, areas retain their designation for 10 years. All of Puerto Rico. It says, what's the incentive for private investors? A major tax advantage awaits investors who support opportunity zones. American investors maintain an estimated $6.1 trillion in unrealized capital gains. By investing some of those gains into qualified opportunity zones, they can enjoy capital gains tax incentives exclusively available through the program that apply immediately and in the long term. So they're getting the technocrats to invest in building the prison planet technates or the districts or segments within the technate. So the guys that want to build the technate are building the technate under the guise of making you believe that this is about getting rich people to invest their earnings 
into poverty-stricken areas. How cute is that, ladies and gentlemen? How cute is that? It goes on to say, here's how it works. Normally, diverting an appreciated asset such as stocks or real estate is a taxable event. But if the investor reinvests the capital gain within 180 days into an opportunity zone, they can defer their tax liability until 2027. They can also potentially receive tax-free treatment for all future appreciation earned through the fund. So they're giving the, the technocrats, the government oligarchs, The ability to not pay taxes on money they made in the stock market as long as they use it to invest in building the prison planet using the technologies that all these guys own and are invested in. Folks, this is is amazing. It's amazing. How many people knew this back when the Opportunity Zones were talked about? Hmm? Goes on to say smaller tax incentives exist for investors who sell their opportunity zone investment after five or seven years, but the overarching goal is drawing patient capital from the $6.1 trillion of unrealized capital gains to be invested in distressed communities for the long term. Read this carefully. Capital gains tax is permanently eliminated for appreciated investments kept in opportunity zones for at least a decade, right? Think about this. Elon Musk buys a million dollars of something. That doubles. He now has an extra million dollars. If he pulls that out, right, so now it's a realized gain, unrealized gain, he, he would leave it in the market. It doesn't mean anything until he converts it to cash. He cashes that out. He made a million dollars. He would normally pay capital gains on that. He now takes the million dollars and he invests it into building prison planet, uh, free-range prison tech, in an opportunity zone and he keeps it invested in there for a decade he pays no taxes on that money whatsoever i would love to know how much of this money went back into building these maybe this explains why people like peter thiel are moving to miami and to coral gables and such maybe to oversee their investments was coral gables designated an opportunity zone we'd have to look at the opportunity zone maps folks This is a great project. Uh, Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. It goes on to say to access these benefits, people must invest in opportunity zones through qualified opportunity funds defined as a U.S. partnership or corporation that intends to invest at least 90% of its holdings in opportunity zones. These funds are governed by Internal Revenue Code IRC section 1400Z-2 and must adhere to program guidelines to reap the tax rewards. That includes restricting investments to qualified opportunity zone property. That includes one, partnership interests in business operating in an opportunity zone. Two, stock ownership in businesses that conduct all or most operations within opportunity zones. And three, properties such as equipment or real estate located within an opportunity zone. So why is that different than existing economic development programs? Other programs exist that encourage private investment in low-income areas through tax advantages, such as the New Markets Tax Credit and Low Income Housing Tax Credit programs. But the Opportunity Zone program stands out as less restrictive, less costly, and less reliant upon government agencies to function. 
All right, folks. So what we're going to do, because this is so important, I think this stuff is very important for you guys to understand what is going on here. We are going to carry this over. I'm going to do a part five um, of this show. So we'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 